Hi everybody, and welcome to an audio thing that uh, we are doing. This is me, uh, Will Vince, you know me, and uh, with me is Austin. Um, Hello. Uh, and we're going to do some talking about a subject that we like. It's fitting we're doing talking about a medium that is entirely talking, uh, radio dramas. And just really radio in general, though, I mean, as I said, the focus will probably be on the dramatic end. But that, that just seems like kind of a fitting way to do this. You, you wouldn't do this in video format. It would be useless. Yeah, no, nobody's talking about radios on, on TV because of the jealousy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that, you're, that, you, that you put it that way because uh, I was talking with my dad about this subject yesterday. And he was pointing out he is old enough to remember when radio was all that he had. That was all that you had for entertainment before television. Mm-hmm. And he remembers when TV came in and just in the United States killed the format, just killed it dead. And so that's kind of fascinating to me that you know that there are people who do remember when that's all that you had, and then TV just destroyed it. Well, it was originally that that's how you'd get the sound for TV, right? Sometimes, like they'd play the sound on the radio, and the visuals would be there. There were instances like that, yeah. Yeah, it was it was strange. I I know very little about the early days. I do, but again, I do know so much about you know the classic radio dramas and all that. I yeah, it's it's a subject that I have a lot of thoughts on. I listen to a ton of these. Probably listen to about. Three full ones a month, at least. Whoa. I would say, like start the, to back, like the whole series. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Sometimes you know, sometimes it can be like just an individual story that runs three hours. But I, I've listened to some long ones. I've listened to some long ones. Uh, I've definitely hit that number just in the last week because that's kind of been the mood I've been in. Hmm. I've listened to some very interesting ones. Well, I will uh, be interested to hear about them. Um, oh, I, I just also want to set up. Um, so, like, we, we got started on this, I guess, because of a Twitter conversation thing. Yeah. Because um, I, I kind of knew that you were into radio dramas and stuff, because you often, like, talk about, you know, audio, you know, audio drama, audio books and things. And uh, then you linked me to a, a Sherlock Holmes one, uh, where he fights Dracula, uh, well, you know, versus Dracula kind of thing. Um, that I am listening to currently, partway through. But uh, yeah, audio drama is also something that like I grew up listening to um, on the radio, and like, yeah, like. Well, that's something that interests me is you know, of course, you're in the UK and I'm in the US, and in the UK, radio drama is still very much a thing. Uh, the BBC puts a lot of money into it. Yeah, um, it, it's. Yeah, it's definitely like, I know a lot of sitcoms usually start out in radio format and then move to TV here. Yeah. And a few have been, have gone the other way where they've adapted them then into TV form, into radio format. Uh, Faulty Towers did get, uh, where they took the audio from the show and did a little bit of minor editing and they did that in audio form. Huh. I know Black Adder got the treatment, uh, a few others uh yeah and i and I've listened to those, and you know of course I've watched those, and I have scripts for actually both of those series. I have the complete scripts too but but yeah i mean i'm I'm well aware of the fact that you know in the u k you know with the b b c 
they really still fund it quite extensively. In fact, much of what I listen to is done that way. Uh, it's it's from the BBC. Uh, they've done things like <clears throat> they did an adaptation of uh, Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere mm. for radio, and the cast on it is frankly as good as if they'd put a movie together. Yeah, Beca- I, I remember. Uh, um, it's got the it's got the James McAvoy, right? Yeah, James McAvoy has is the in the lead. Hmm. Um, it's James McAvoy, Natalie Dormer. Uh, uh, Chris, I think I want to say like Christopher Lee has a quick speaking part in it. That's just wonderful to hear. And the villain is Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 that one's a pretty a list uh, listen. Uh, Dorian Harewood. Uh, plays a key role he was really good in it it's, it's just a fantastic voice cast for a, a, a tremendous piece of work uh one that i really admire um so and that's one that i've heard and it's i mean it's as great as you would expect uh those actors can't screw up and it, it's great to hear them and that's that's the other thing uh american audio drama that you get today the actors are almost always names you've never heard hmm. It's not. It really is something where it's not respected. It's not a big deal in the U.S. Um, though there are some exceptions, and I will get to those. Um, but yeah, by and large, radio dramas in the U.S. It's just it's not a thing anymore. It just does not exist. NPR doesn't fund them. That's the strange thing to me is NPR doesn't get behind it. There are a couple of companies doing some things like this. Uh, there's a company called L.A. Theater Works that records uh, plays, uh, live performances of plays, and captures them. And that's where you will get some A-list names. But again, that's really kind of – that doesn't really count. It's more that you're getting an audio representation of important dramatic works. And I don't really count that. But I have listened to a number of their things, and their productions are very good. That's how I was able to hear the original production of M. Butterfly with John Lithgow and B.D. Wong, which is a pretty tremendous thing to listen to. Yeah, it, so- it sounds it. Um, uh, I, yeah, because I don't really know much about the American kind of radio Well, as scene. I said, there was one brief blip back in the 1980s when the Star Wars radio dramas were put together that it seemed like, okay, maybe this could get its foothold again. And it didn't. Even Star Wars couldn't do it. For example, like they didn't initially finish out the trilogy. They had to go back years later and finish out the trilogy. And that was Star Wars, and they couldn't even make it work. Um, I, I will say that, they, again, they did finish it out a few years later, and it was quite good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in the U.S., in the U.S., really, th- there is there are two companies today that are kind of doing it. Um one of them is Graphic Audio, and they do kind of a weird hybrid radio drama slash audiobook thing where you have a narrator reading the story, and then dialogue is handled in uh, full cast reading. And that's kind of a company that's doing it, but again, it's only sort of it's a gray area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love Graphic Audio. I think what they're doing is wonderful. Uh, they they had the licenses for a long time to Marvel and DC and put together some really tremendous stuff. Um, uh, they actually did do pretty close to an actual radio drama for Ms. Marvel. 
They did a couple of her pieces in audio drama, and they did uh, Daredevil, Guardian Devil, the Kevin Smith storyline, was adapted for a, a true radio drama. And I highly recommend that one if you can get the chance. Uh, Smith's story has held up beautifully over the years. And then the other one is Audible, um, Amazon's audiobook wing. And Audible has started to get into audio drama. Uh, they recently adapted uh, because they have a license with IDW Comics, so they adapted uh, Joe Hill's Lock and Key. Hmm. <clears throat> they adapted. Uh, let's see, they did Joe Hill's Lock and Key. They did a um, couple. Uh, they did Thirty Days of Night got adapted to, to an audio piece, and they've done some of the Alien stories. Some uh, some of the Alien novels have been adapted to radio dramas. Which I've listened to, I wasn't all that high on, but I'm oh. not much of it. I, I was just going to say, as in, like, because that, that sounds like something that should work because of all the like, you know, you can imagine like talking through the headpieces and stuff, and that would. Yeah, but it actually got kind of old, kind of fast yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. But other people have had different opinions. So Audible, and then the one that they've done that I've been the most happy with is, uh, they did a couple of X Files audio dramas that are very good. Uh, and those are notable because they brought in the cast of the show to do them. Hmm. So those were kind of fun. I, I did like those. Um, but yeah, as I said, by and large in the U.S., the scene isn't just isn't there because you'll then listen to the U.K. ones, and it's things like Michael Fassbender doing Dracula, or uh, let's see, uh, I listened to uh, Harold Pinter's Betrayal once with a lib the great Olivia Coleman doing one of the uh, roles. Um, I mentioned Neverwhere. You just get this amazing work out of the UK. Um, they did one for uh, The Ring. They, adapt they did an adaptation of that recently. Um, and then going back you know, through the years, uh, I listened to an adaptation of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, film Rope, which I guess they were more going back to the original play but uh, Alan Rickman did a voice for that. It's one, it was one of the first things he did as an actor, actually. So you really do have this amazing tradition in the UK. Um, let's see, going forward, I, I see that there's like... Um, I know it's been Dick Cumberbatch did a lot, and that's going to be where I can segue to talking about... Um, you mentioned comedies. They do still have that tradition of sitcoms. Uh, have you ever listened to anything from Cabin Pressure? Uh, yes, I think that's the sitcom with the. It's on an airplane, yes. right? And uh, yeah, yes, because that's one of that was one of Cumberbatch's earliest roles. Side note: It is hilarious that they constantly describe him as this ugly, weaselly, short little man who is repellent and unattractive. And I'm just sitting here thinking, my wife's desk is covered in pictures of the man. Yeah, it's it's funny, and he's he's really good on that. Uh, Roger Allen is the one to listen to though for that because he is so good. I love that show. I have the entirety of it. It is hysterical. So yeah, I mean those are some of the ones that I like. And I know you, you said that kind of the format was going to be us talking about you know why do we like it. Um, I want to ask you why does this format appeal to you so much, and then I'll get into why I feel how I feel about it. Um. Well. I guess, uh, you know, coming back to when I was a child and listening to it and stuff, because I'd often, like, um, it, it's something that you you can listen to, like, in bed and stuff, and when you're ready to go to sleep, because uh, it's like a story that 
that's how that's how I got into it too. Um, some of the first ones that I listened to were very much made for kids. That is one area that it still seems to survive in in the United States is these audio stories for kids. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um cuz I did the same. Yeah, there was cuz there was a TV show again, uh there was for, for children uh called Tots TV. I don't know if there's an American version and uh because um I, I can't remember too much about it, but um I know that there was a French character and then in France in the France adaptation uh, or translation or whatever, uh that character is English. Um, of course, but uh, they did these uh, cassettes that you would get in like a little uh, uh, cardboard house full of cassettes, and um, I would just listen to those <laughs> as a young child uh, over and over. I, again, I have kind of the same story. I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one that I just wore out, <laughs> and I, I I loved it because I could. I mean, one of the reasons the reason I really I think love audio drama so much is how it works with my sensory stimulation. Uh, being autistic, I tend to get overstimulated, and audio dramas stimulate me in a way that I really like, which is because I don't have images to look at, I can really just get lost in the story and let my mind do the work of forming the pictures. I, I really enjoy that. With you know, we've both been listening to that Sherlock Holmes one and. I noticed that you just really get this clear sense of what the rooms are. Even with no description, your mind fills in the blanks so clearly. Mm. I think as well, uh, uh, um, for me, because, uh, because of it being a Dracula thing. And last year I went to, um, I went to Whitby, uh, and they, Uh they have, uh, this performance thing that they do, uh, with, uh, you know, they perform Dracula in the Abbey. Uh, uh-huh. and that was that's that's kind of helping me to kind of get back into that mindset kind of thing you, you know it's interesting I actually I, I mentioned LA Theatre Works I forget they were the people that put on a live performance of a Dracula radio drama that my wife and I went to see while she was pregnant oh uh, we actually went to see this this was our special last trip before Lola and uh so, and so you're sitting there and you're watching these actors sit there and perform, stand there, and they're you know they're dressed in costumes, but there's not much other motion. There is a little bit of motion, but it really is that you're sitting sitting there, letting your mind do the work, even though you're looking at actors. Hmm. It's amazing. It is an amazing experience to have. Um, Dracula is a great story for this mo- format. Um, I've listened. I mentioned Fassbender doing it. I've that's of course one that I've listened to, and it is fantastic. I highly recommend it if people can get their hands on it. I guess it's more of a reading of the book, but the book is told in letter form after all, yeah, so it fits. Yeah. It's it's a book and it's a story that I love anyway. I just I, I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think it's such a fantastic story. Um, but yeah, you, I mean it's neat that you. That's the thing though. You were talking about how you you're drawing in your own visuals. Uh, it's not an accident to me that licensed properties lend themselves very well to it. Um, hmm. Properties that we're already familiar with, um, obviously it, it differs, but you know, with like um, comic books lend themselves to it really well, for example. So I think that's interesting, but it, it is neat though, because 
even when you don't have the, the pre-existing visuals, if you have good sound effects, you fill in the blanks. Yeah. Um, uh, well, good sound design in general because of the room, the yeah. room space and stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, it's 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 a surprise. It's one of those things you can listen to about three minutes of one, and be surprised when you really stop and analyze it by how much density is in these sequences. Hmm. I mean, they really work the room, and it really fascinates me this ability that these people have. Again, I'm such a tremendous fan of the art form. I, I really and truly am. There's just so much good here. Um, I think the uh, I, I'm trying to think of, find the words for it, and, and it really does come down too to how much you need good actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, good actors can really convey uh, what you you know what the experience is. Bad radio drama is a nightmare when you don't have actors who are invested. I have listened to some. Uh, I listened to one the other day. Uh, an adaptation of an Agatha Christie story where no one was really that invested aside from the actor doing Poirot. And he was someone who I've heard do the character before side note. It's not a radio drama, but I do recommend people listen to the Kenneth Branagh audiobook of murder on the Orient express because it might as well be a, a radio drama for as much as Branagh does voices in it. Well, yeah, I would imagine that he's, you know, he's he's clearly into the material. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, he he must be if he directed and starred in a movie and is going to do the same for another story in the mm. series. Uh, that he's confirmed he's going to come back. Yeah, Branagh being allowed to go over the top is something that people should really experience because it's fun. Um, but uh, again, I I listened to one and the sound, you mentioned the sound design, it was pathetic. Mm. I couldn't get a grasp on anything that was going on. I couldn't get a sense of where people were. I mean, none of it. And that's really bad because I've heard amateurs do it. Uh, I've heard a lot of amateurs do audio dramas. And some of the amateur stuff is better than some of the mainstream stuff. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, in America, there's there's a lot of um, uh, uh, different companies now that, well, like, sort of groups that have set up to do audio drama things uh, on a yeah just fans yeah like that's the thing i'm talking about it on a professional level but the, the fan level is where it gets really interesting uh there are groups there was a, i think they're now defunct circus 13 that did fan projects and they did really interesting stuff uh they did they actually adapted craven's last hunt the great spider-man story and they adapted uh, one of my f- favorites, you know, of course, Days of Future Past. And their adaptation of Days of Future Past wipes the animated series version off the map. Uh, partially because the animated series version was terrible. But, you know, they did. Their version of Days of Future Past was really quite stunning and sounded real. I think that's the neat thing about radio drama is it's really not budget dependent. Yeah. If you know how to... If you have actors who are good, if you have good editing, if you have good sound, you can go as big budget as you want to because you fill in the blanks. And and that's really neat to me. That's one reason that graphic audio is so fantastic to me is they know what they're doing and they put together these really tremendous uh, auditory experiences. Uh, it, it's really neat. Have you ever heard anything by Graphic Audio? Um, I don't think so, but I'll have to check them out. Um, 
I recommend buying their stuff. I'm not going to say, I'm sure you can bootleg it, but I recommend buying them. They're actually worth investing money in. Uh, I've bought many productions from them. I think they're fantastic. What they do that I just think is so neat, again, is that they just create such a sonic atmosphere that even though they are largely audiobooks, you do forget that. Um, the narrator becomes invisible. But uh, I suppose this would be a good point to ask. Um, what what are some of your favorites? I'm really curious to know. Oh, uh, well... Because I've got a long list. Yeah, I, I, I was writing down some, some ones uh, from before. Uh, I... Well... One of the things that it's, uh, I guess it's a, a podcast version, uh, uh, well, a podcast, um, but uh, Our Fair City, I really like that. I think that's a very good, uh, it's a mm-hmm. free podcast, and uh, it's, uh, I, well, I don't know if all the archives are available, um, but uh, it, it's an example of, like, I don't think you could do it on TV, or at least it'd be very difficult to do that story on TV, um, of this kind of futuristic um city where uh, an insurance company has taken over and it's the only thing that exists anymore and uh, people are just viewed as policies and then it's about and then there's also these weird um, kind of scientists who are like uh, like like story scientists but you know in for real and um all kinds of mad science stuff, and uh, there's mole people and tunnels and all kinds. There's, there's all kinds of stuff that happens. Um, and then uh, We're Alive was a big one that I was into uh, again with the podcast yeah. thing. Familiar. Um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know that it was that good all the way through, but it was. Um, it was. Something. Did you ever li- listen to that one? A little bit, a little bit. It wasn't really for me. Hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it had its thing, um, and then uh, I think, well, I can't remember when I got into um, Our Fair City, but I know it's by, uh, it was written partially by someone who used to do um, a thing that got me more into radio drama, uh, uh, there was a college radio station that would do a podcast, and it's called Kaworth Theatre of the Air. And they would often just play episodes of radio shows um, on the podcast from, like, you know, from ages ago. Um, Mm. I don't know how legal (laughs) they are, but they seemed far enough ago. A lot of those are public domain. A lot of those are public domain. Mm. Um, Um, So, yeah. Oh, and and, uh, uh, for a more recent one that is uh, also... uh, It's by... um, Bafflegab Radio, and it's with a lot of old actors from Doctor Who. It's kind of like a, a sort of a, a place where they can go to then do things. Uh, is uh, the Scary Fires? I really like that um, series. Um, I think the actors on that. I mean, obviously they're they're very um, good. That, that's cool. I as I said, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to have a long list of ones to shoot through, but I, I do want to. I want to talk about these. So that I can get them recommended, um, I, I'm going to start with some some favorites from old time radio. Um, you know, a lot of the old when they would adapt movies into TV shows were really good, or t- movies into radio dramas were really good. Uh, there's at least one Casablanca adaptation with Bogart 
as Rick. Like, I know he did at least one, so that's a neat one. Um, I really... Sherlock Holmes has inspired a lot of radio drama. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you got the Basil Rathbone, uh, Nigel Bruce stuff that people know. Uh, And that's great. That's great. The old Sherlock Holmes radio dramas are fantastic. I I do, of course, recommend them. Um, They're classics. But the ones I really like are the recent BBC ones with Clive Marison as Holmes. Um, Those are fantastic. The original ones that they've done, I think, stand up in the uh, canon next to the Arthur Conan Doyle stories. Uh, I have a column coming out in a couple weeks on another pastiche of Holmes that I think is really fantastic. Uh, and, and this is on that level. So I recommend those. Um, the Holmes, the Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula one that we were talking about is on YouTube. I cannot recommend it enough. It's only 90 minutes. It's a quick listen. Um, I listened to it in one shoot. I just sat there and listened to it straight through and I loved it. You know, I mentioned the star Wars ones. I think the star Wars ones are really good. Um, they're a little bloated. They're, if I have one complaint, it's that they're a little bloated. Uh, a New Hope is such a perfectly structured film that you can't improve on it. I, I don't think the additions work. Bear with me. Okay, I've got her. I've got her. Um, so I, I like the Sherlock Holmes one, or I like the, the Star Wars ones. Um, I'll tell you what's a really good one is if you can get your hands on it, William Shakespeare's uh, Star Wars is in audio form. The Star Wars trilogy. Now, that's really good. Uh, those books are really meant to be listened to that way. I do recommend that. Uh, so those are good. Uh, you know, while I'm on Star Wars, they uh, did do an adaptation of Dark Empire. And to listen to it is to understand why Dark Empire is terrible. Yeah. Don't recommend that one. Um you're going to forgive me if this does turn into a laundry list. Um, you know, talking about BBC stuff, they did do an adaptation of Lord of the Rings I have yet to listen to, but they adapted the whole trilogy. Here's what's interesting about this. Um, Bilbo was played by a young Ian Holm. Huh. Yeah. Is this before? Well, yeah, obviously before the movie. Yeah, it was before the movie, of course. So Bilbo was played by a young Ian Holm, for those that want to know how influential those radio dramas were. Because, of course, uh, Holm would go on to play Bilbo uh, in uh, the movies. Yeah. So that, that was cool. That was really cool. I, I really dug that. Um, and, by the way, Bill Nye was uh, Sam in those. Huh. Which I really want to listen to it just to hear him when he was young. Because I have trouble yeah. believing he was ever young. Um, yeah. Uh, so that, that, yeah, me too. That, that's a cool one. Um I, as I said, BBC, when they adapt plays, I really love that. I've heard some really fantastic dramas adapted from them. I mentioned Betrayal. That was really good, um, in no small part because I just love Olivia Coleman. I think she is a genius. Um, and um, Big Finish. I do. We need to bring up Big Finish because they're doing a lot of radio drama over there in the UK. Um, Big Finish does the uh, Doctor Who audio dramas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they do a really great job. Uh, they often bring in actors from the shows. Um, they also were responsible, I think, for some of the audio books. They've done some original audio stories for for the Doctor with David Tennant. Uh, has done at least a few. I think Matt Smith has done a couple. 
don't know if Peter Capaldi did. Um, and uh, obviously, we have yet to get any material with the new Doctor. So we'll see. Though, as a fan of Attack the Block, I'm really excited that Whitaker is going to be the Doctor. She is. She has already shown she knows her way around sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good movie. And that, oh, um, oh, sorry. Continue. No, it, it's a. It is. It's an amazing film, uh, and I have a cool story about watching it. Um, which is Amanda and I were stuck with nothing to do, and I had that to watch for the podcast. And so I was like, well, do you want to just take a chance on this British drama that I've got? So she was like, or not, not drama. I didn't. I was like, well, it's a British horror comedy, and uh, it's got Nick Frost, and I know you like Nick Frost. So we threw that on, and we proceeded to alternately laugh and jump the whole time. And she is stellar in it. She's stellar in it. It's that's a great movie. Everybody should have seen it. I cannot believe Joe Cornish has yet to direct another movie. Well, yeah, I know he's. Um, I, I know he's finally making one. Yeah, and I know he was a writer, sort of on Tintin, right? As in part, part. Yeah, writer. he he worked with Edgar. He worked with Edgar Wright on rewriting it. Yeah, because um, Joe Cornish, of course, speaking of radio things, that. Uh, uh, that was a big, uh, a big thing. Yes. Um, yeah, I know he's... Uh, I've heard some of his radio work. Um, well, since we're on comedians and radio, it's more traditional uh, radio in terms of DJ work, which, in, I'll be honest, American DJs are terrible. Uh, American DJs are the worst. British DJs are fantastic. Um, I've, been, I've been lucky enough to get BBC feeds in the past and love it so much. So... Let me just throw out uh, that let's talk about the Ricky Gervais show for a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We should do quite possibly one of my quite possibly one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah. It. It. Yeah. It, it was something that I used to listen to, um, like uh, along with the Adam and Joe show. Um, I used to listen to that like on my little iPod Nano whatever to whatever it was yeah uh and i would uh i'd be working in the fields in the tractor and i'd be listening to that this is a little bit of me history uh but but yeah uh sorry you you brought it up so you should you should talk about it no 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 i actually really was interested to hear your your perspective on it because again you know i didn't listen to the uh xfm stuff until you know years later uh, when they were doing the podcast. And I remember before I listened to the podcast, my thought was, well, I like Gervais, I like Merchant, I have no idea about it if this other guy is going to be even listenable. And of course, Carl Pilkington turned out to be the very best part of those casts. Yeah. Because, and this is something that I noticed on the last go-around when I re-listened to it recently, you listen to Carl and you realize the uh, cast is fundamentally uh, one very decent middle-class guy having to endure the blathering and arrogance of two rich men who are impossible cretins <laughs> who are impossibly rude and they're making fun of him his victory is that he doesn't just go off and say you two are jackasses i, I really do believe that that that's kind of the victory for carl is that he doesn't just wear off and go you know you two just need to just shut up. Yeah. Like, I, I really do feel that about it. Because, I, 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 again, I love I love the podcasts. I really do. Um, I, I, I love them. Again, one of the magic things of the internet is that I'm able to hear the BBC stuff. Um, 
I'll tell you one surprisingly that I've never listened to is I've never gotten to hear anything. Of, I, it's not that I haven't gotten to. It's that I've never gotten around to listening to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio series. I haven't because either. I saw a bit of the TV show, but I haven't um, heard Because radio was where it originated, of course. Yeah. I, I, I want to say it was radio. I don't think it started as TV. Um, and I may be wrong about that, I'm, I, but... Um, I know, I know. It's kind of revised each time that it happens. It's kind of like changed. I love and... that. That's the thing that makes me laugh so much is that Douglas Adams never cared about canon. So when I hear people complain about things that the movie did that violated canon, it was like, but that's what it does. That's what Douglas Adams did every time. Why are you complaining about that? Oh, you didn't like where it went, but I did because I actually really liked the movie quite a bit. Um, yeah, and Bill Nye again. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> every, every... These things come back around. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. One of uh, now I will say I did listen to an audio book of I listened to audio books of the first two books. Um, the first one is read by Stephen Fry, who voiced the guide, hmm. which was a very logical choice, uh, being a, a good friend of Douglas Adams, actually. Hmm. Um, like. Like he he was basically put in there as an homage to his friend, and and that and the Stephen Fry one is well fantastic. It's Stephen Fry. You you kind of have to expect that. The second one was read by Martin Freeman, and it is one of the wildest things I have ever listened to. You talk about an actor going, "I'm going to show you everything I can do." That's what Freeman does in it. He does every voice as different as he can. I mean, the only character he reads in his normal speaking voice was, of course, Arthur Dent, which he played Mm. um, in the movie. Everybody else, he just goes over, beyond over the top. It is the weirdest thing he has ever done as an actor, and I love it. Highly recommend it. Um, And I I need to listen to more of those. Um, I should point out that right now Lola is sitting on my lap, turning over the pages of a book. And just being so cute. <laughs> She's such a good little girl. Uh, in terms of other... But but, uh, but that's one that I really like. Um, and then, of course, I have to hit on the big one. I mentioned comic books. Let me list some of my favorite comic book audio dramas. And there's a lot. Um, you know, and that's a long tradition that goes back to the 1930s with uh, Superman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the Superman canon that we know started in the radio show. Yeah, the Kryptonite. Kryptonite, Jimmy Olsen, uh, a lot of details. Uh, him flying. Huh. Was it was that started in the radio drama? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's strange because you think of it as like a visual thing, and and. Uh, but no. But yeah. No, it started in audio. Huh. Um. I just think that's cool, and the old Superman radio dramas are wonderful. I do recommend them. Uh, especially if you're a fan of Golden Age comics like I am. They're great. Um, Marvel, of course, got in on it with... Uh, I'll tell you a big place that you'll find a lot of these was the Power Records, where they would adapt the uh, comics into little, you know, like book and records. So you'd have the comic book, and then you'd listen to someone reading it. And you can listen to that independent. And that's, by the way, a tradition that's still going to this day in fandom. Fans are adapting the comics and doing dubs of them. You can find those all over YouTube. Hmm. 
they're almost all fantastic. I know people who are working on them. They are fantastic. Uh, there's, I just, I recommend them. If you can get your, you know, when you find one, uh, Cape Swoosh Productions is doing them. That's a company that's doing them right now, and I'm really impressed with what they're doing. But yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I can list. list. Uh, there was a Fantastic Four one done with a lot of uh, Second City actors, including a uh, the Human Torch was played by a young uh, Billy Murray was the guy's name. Yes, might be familiar with that one. <laughs> yes, Bill Murray played the Human Torch in a in a Fantastic Four radio drama. That, I mean, like, yeah, it's strange again with like with with the energy level, I guess, because I'm used, you know, um, used to his, his kind of current energy level. And then well, thinking it, it, of that. It, it is strange. Well, I mean, don't forget, let's see, they, 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 well, don't forget in the, uh, two, in the, uh, the 2005 and 2007 movies, the guy they had playing the human torch also would show later to have very different energy levels because <laughs> in those, he's this wacky goofball. And in his other Marvel comics role, he is the ultimate, just definitive superhero. I do find that quite funny. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's weird. You'll go back and you watch those reasons like, that's Captain America. That's, that's, that's definitely Captain America. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, Evans pulled both off. I ain't complaining. He, he sure is a great Captain America. So, Oh, my God. Lola is just being too cute right now on my lap. <laughs> I love being a dad so much. A fact that I repeatedly say. Um, but anyway, so those, so those are some, so those are some of the early ones. The ones that I really love, and probably the ones that I can talk about the most, are uh, they did uh, the BBC did two. Uh, you know, there were the two big comic storylines uh, where Batman and Superman both respectively lost their jobs, so to speak. Superman dying and Batman being disabled. Um, the death of Superman and uh, Nightfall, respectively. Um, those are those were adapted by a guy by the name of Dirk Maggs, who did some really fantastic. I, I say did does some really fantastic work because um, he just did the X Files ones. Um, have you have you had a chance to listen to the uh, either Death of Superman or Nightfall? Uh, I have. I'm not as familiar with DC. I don't have that kind of uh, that well, then, knowledge. Well, then, I, this can be my chance to make a recommendation. They actually did three because they also adapt or four because they did uh, a Spider-Man one that I've just never quite gotten into. I feel like the energy is off on it for me. Uh, the then they did uh, a Superman one that retold his origin using the '80s origin story. It is amazing. I listened to it one night driving through uh, the mountains of Arkansas, um, which for those that don't know what the mountains of Arkansas are like, pretty mountainous actually, pretty mountainous. Um, so it was really nice just driving in complete silence in the dark listening to this and letting the pictures paint, you know, just haunt me. It was an amazing experience. I really recommend... Uh, the Adventures of Superman is the name of it. Uh, it is out there. You can find it uh, in, in MP3 format. Uh, but de- uh, the Death of Superman one, I listened to while I was driving through an ice storm. Ooh. Could have easily been the death of me, frankly. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, but 
And it's fantastic because here's the thing. They tell the entire story. They tell his death. They tell uh, the replacement Superman. They tell his rebirth. They tell all of it. And it's in about two and a half hours. Like that's kind of the miracle of audio dramas is you can tell a full story so quickly in compressed time. You can really tell an epic story. And it's really neat. I, I think it's really neat. The Batman one is just as good uh, because they tell the entirety of him getting his back broken, his replacement, and then Batman rising back up to the job. These stories followed a pretty clear format, obviously. Hmm. And it's really good. I, I recommend it. Um, and the thing is, I usually find that when I talk to people who have listened to superhero radio dramas, they've listened to one of the other, one of those. Those are really good. Kingdom Come, the Alex Ross. You talk, by the way, about visuals. So much of Alex Ross's stuff is visual, and because he was a he's a painter basically. And I've listened to when they novelized that book, they did a full cast radio drama of it that was released. It's good. I do recommend that one too. Um, but one that I would really recommend people seek out is it's called Batman Legends of Robin. And it tells the story of the death of Jason Todd, um, which is a Joker-heavy story. Hmm. Now, I mentioned before that they don't that a lot of these don't have name actors. And none of the ones that I've listed do, aside from the Fantastic Four one and the X-Files one. This one has a name actor. Because this is a Joker story. So coming in to voice the Joker is a fellow by the name of Mark Hamill. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, this is... I really want people to, to realize this. There is a Mark Hamill Joker story you haven't heard. <laughs> uh, this was about the same time as the animated series, of course. And it is a blast. Uh, the actor that plays Batman uh, does a really good job on it. Uh, the acting is just a, it is a cut above on it. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good story. It, now, admittedly, that's only half the story. The other half is... Um, I'm trying to think what the name of it. Uh, it deals with Tim Drake becoming Robin, and it's really good. And admittedly, I really feel like what I wish they'd done would have been molded this with Under the Red Hood. But of course, that story didn't wouldn't exist for another 10 to 15 years. So can't really complain about that. <laughs> yeah, but they could go back and add it on. Like they could go back, or 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 or, or yeah, that's the thing. It could easily be added on. Um, Especially since Hamill has shown evidence lately that he can still do the Joker voice. He's still more than in form. Hmm. I mean, if he can go in, go back and be Luke Skywalker one last time, he can go back and do the Joker a few more times. <laughs> I mean, doing Luke Skywalker, that had to be the hard part. Yeah, although I guess with the with the laughter and stuff, it's quite intense, I guess, to, to yeah. keep doing that voice. Um... I don't know. He... Uh, he had to do some physical work on uh, The Last Jedi, and I really appreciated getting to see him one last time in that part. Mm. Although and that was a big... Do you think he'll be back again as, uh, as in this next one? That would be that would be spoilers. Okay. That would amount to spoilers. Uh, have true. you seen the movie? Uh, I have seen the movie, but I don't know if all the list, every listener would have done. Let's just say that the ending makes it highly unlikely that he'll be back in the form we're used to seeing him. Mm. 
just saying. Because admittedly, another character did come back that couldn't come back. Hmm. And when he did come back, I nearly screamed in the theater. I kind of feel like they, I, I kind of feel like there's this idea that maybe the third movie will be truly freed of characters that we've seen so far. Mm. And, and let it be the new cast and let it be their story. Yeah, that's true. That I think it does need that kind of, you know, to go forwards and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Lola, you're just being so silly. But I mean, those are, but yeah, as I said, um, again, I, I really and truly could list a few more. Um, I listened to a reading of the, or a version of the Maltese Falcon. That was really good with, uh, Tom Wilkinson as uh, uh, Spade. That was really good. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, those are the ones I would recommend. Those are the ones I would say seek those out if you get the chance. Um, as I'm kind of walking away from this, I do want to say you noted podcasts. I really mm. feel like the podcast format is how this is going to come back. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely uh, – it's there's definitely – vast evidence that it is something that people want like uh with the um the la one uh yeah. the the name of it is gone from me right now the one that, that did the live shows um yeah uh, la theater works yeah uh, uh the uh, uh it? throwing adventure hour uh that one that they had yeah throwing adventure hour yeah that's a good one um and then of course welcome to night Vale, which hmm they they all over right as well and they need to end they i'm gonna say it right now they reached a clear end point they need to end i i i will be honest i listened to the first episode and it was not my thing especially but it, i understand that some, people like it there's something i liked but there comes a point when you're doing weird for weird's sake that you just hit a wall you just run out and i think they've run out of material so well, there's, End. yeah, there's there's a there's a, another one uh, on the Maximum Fun Network, uh, the Beef and Dairy Network. Uh, is it Beef and Dairy Network podcast? I'm not sure. Um, and that is it's a similar thing in the, but it's more of a British one because it's 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 an English yeah. uh, guy that's doing it, and it's uh, rather than it being based in like American radio, it's kind of like a British magazine radio piece. Um, uh, and it, that goes to some very strange places and then pulls it back and goes to, in a different way in strange places. Um, I, I really do think that when things, that when material doesn't know its end point, it gets frustrating. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently going back through Parks and Recreation with my wife, and it is amazing how precisely they knew when it was time to go. Hmm. And speaking, speaking of, I don't know if you're pulling towards an end point for this, because it feels like that, right? Um, uh, kind of, because I do have some things I have to do today. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, knowing when it's time to go, um, uh, as we come to the end of this talk, which thank you very much for... Uh, that was a pleasure, it was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's nice to be able to talk about this this kind of thing. Um, are there any? Is there anything you would like to plug? I know you've got the. Uh, you, you mentioned some uh, articles or writing and stuff that, that you're doing. Everything I'm doing right now can be found at filmroom.org. Um, and also, you you yourself uh, were made an audio book. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will I will say I, I had a really interesting experience with that. Uh, you can find that um, 
on my Twitter feed. I have that as my uh, uh, twitter.com slash untitled user. Uh, you'll find a link to that. Um, that was an interesting experience, and uh, I am trying to... Right now, it's a case where we're trying to find the next collaboration. I want to work with Webb on something else. He did such a great job. I want to find something else to work with him on. I don't know what it'll be. Um, I'm currently being climbed on like a jungle gym. Yes, sorry. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I'll, I'll wrap up and stuff, and then you can attend. Oh, no, no, no. It's just the fun of being a dad. It's dad life. Yeah, uh, but I would, I would, I would like to talk to you more about that, maybe uh, on a on a future time at some point. Yeah, I don't know when the, that would be. the experience of doing the audiobook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for that, for that, I would recommend bringing in Webb uh, because he he's the one that put it together. I just gave him the material, really. Yeah, you you just wrote a book, which yeah, um, I wrote a book, and he yeah. So yeah, yeah we'll look at doing that, but yeah. Yeah, I, so, mean, I don't. I don't mean to make that sound like is it because like, I was jokingly acting as if no, it wasn't an in, an incredible achievement. It it was, but I really feel like the audiobook is his achievement. Hmm. Um. So yeah. All um, right. Well. And yeah. Uh. And uh, oh, and on Twitter, your Twitter is at untitled user. Yes. Um. And and this is Austin Shin. Uh, yep. Uh. You'll you'll you know you'll get it. I'll write it out in the notes. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Same. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, bye.